Welcome to the Vol Bros. My name is Rustin. I am one half of the Vol Bros. Uh, tonight, we only have one because Evan is on a boat in the middle of the ocean, hopefully not reenacting Titanic. So you're stuck with me tonight. Uh, what that means is a couple of things. Number one, um, we will not have a live opportunity for people to join because I have no earthly idea how to do that. Number two, um, what it also means is if something goes wrong tonight, it is 100% my fault because I am not the technical person and it is a minor miracle that we're even live. So, um, but we have a lot to talk about. It was a great day to be a Vol. We're going to talk about the South Carolina game. We're going to talk about baseball this weekend. We're going to talk about softball this weekend. Um, love for you to comment. We'll definitely be going over everybody's comments tonight. Um, it was just an awesome atmosphere in Thompson Bowling this evening. You could you could feel it even if you're watching on television. It was clear. Um, just some early reactions. What just an unbelievable game by by Tennessee as a whole. It was kind of interesting to watch um, a Vol team that has struggled so mightily get one guy back, and Josiah Jordan-James joins the roster again, and we actually lost one. We lost Tyreek Key. Um, but what a difference Josiah made. And having a healthy Triple J was clearly a huge boost um, to the Vols this evening. It was it was like watching a different team. The ball the ball sharing was excellent. Um, I, this this stat just is mind blowing. On thirty six made shots tonight, Tennessee had twenty nine assists on thirty six made shots. But then let's take it a step farther. Tennessee had four turnovers. So. 29 assists to four turnovers with 29 assists on 36 made shots. When you talk about sharing the basketball, you don't get much better than that. And to have a seven to one assist to turnover ratio is just unbelievable. Um, there was a stat that came out earlier in the week that was kind of interesting. In games that Uros Plavsic, Plavsic starts, the Vols are 15 and three. In games that he doesn't, they're five and five. He didn't start tonight, but he played a lot more minutes than usual. And I, I almost wonder if the coaching staff saw that stat and said, hey, we, we've got to have him out there. Um, he's a tone setter. He gets in there and he does all the dirty work. And, and you can almost feel the team feed off of him, which is honestly kind of bizarre. Um, but they do. So really, really interesting night. We're going to talk about player of the game. We're going to talk about play of the game. We're going to take your comments. Um, Braden was actually at the game, um, and said, I was at the game tonight. It was awesome. Blew him out of the water and won in baseball too. It was pretty incredible to watch. Um, it, it was, it was, it was impressive. They shared the ball. Well, they played their typical, normal, excellent defense. Um, you know, there's still things they have to shore up and actually eating my crow with hot sauce. Just said that happy for the win, but they still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, they, they have things they have to shore up. That's clear. Um, but anytime you you win a game in the SEC by 40, that's a heck of a night. And, you know, just a couple of things to point out. And he's not going to get my player of the game, but I wanted to go ahead and spotlight this now because uh, uh, Zakai Ziegler did something enormous tonight. You know, he had a double-double, 13 points, 11 assists. 
and that's a point assist double-double. It was his fifth. Now, again, Zakai's a sophomore. It's his fifth point assist double-double ever, which ties him for first in the history of the University of Tennessee. The leader has five or had five, goes back to the mid-1970s. So the next game that Zakai gets a double-double point assist, he will be the all-time leader at the University of Tennessee. And odds are it'll probably happen at some point this year. So, you know, to, to get that record as a sophomore is just amazing. Um, so love to have your comments. Feel free, feel free to, uh, put, post your comments. Um, we'll talk through all of them. Uh, Zach just said, win and get this double buy. Yeah. It'd be nice to have that double buy. Um, you don't want to play too many games in the sec tournament. If you can avoid it, uh, that's a brutal weekend. If you have to play a lot of games, um, you know, Kentucky helped us out today. Kentucky beat Auburn, and and that was a uh, that was a positive. Um, interesting day in college basketball. Twenty one of the top twenty five are playing. So far, seven have lost, and at least two more will tonight. So at least nine out of the twenty one top twenty five teams that are playing today are going to lose. Um, mm-hmm. So that is that. I would say that bodes well for Tennessee, even though they lost a close one to Texas A&M the other night. I don't think they're going to move in the in the top 25. If anything, they might actually slide up a spot. Um, so that actually could play very well to, to Tennessee. All right, let's talk about player of the game. So my player of the game was the guy who showed up when we were all kind of wondering when was he ever going to show up again and that's josiah jordan james and man did he show up in a big way 18 points off the bench looked completely in in control looked good looked fresh um kind of made you wonder why didn't he play against texas a&m because he kind of looked like he probably could have but you know you have to trust the training staff you have to trust um josiah on that and and know that he definitely wants to be out there and if he doesn't feel like he can be a contributor, he's he's not going to go out there and and uh, you know try to fill a spot. Um, we've already got one echo for for Triple J as player of the game. Feel free to post in the comments who your player of the game is. Um, we we are um, excited to get to share those comments. Josiah did a lot of things well tonight. Um, he was a slasher. He was a spot up shooter. Um, he did a great job on defense. Um, you know, honestly, Jonas Adu is a better defender when Triple J is on the court. I, I would encourage you all when you watch Tennessee play, watch what happens when Jay and Jonas are out there at the same time. It's it's pretty interesting. Um, you can you can almost see Jonas kind of sags off his man and expects that Triple J is going to force people to him. And, and it's that sounds basic, but you don't really see Jonas do that as much with everybody else. There's definitely a chemistry there between the two of them. And, and it's, it's almost always visible when they're on the court together. Braden also just echoed that Triple J was definitely player of the game. It's a different team when he's out there. Um, you know, I wondered, I wondered how much he would grow, what Tennessee was doing, how, how much better they would play with him. You know, the other thing that we can't we can't devalue is 
Josiah can play so many different positions. So he provides depth in a lot of different ways for a lot of different guys. You know, we saw Santi tonight get a little more time off than normal. Um, you know, we saw we saw Jemai Meshack play a bigger role tonight, but he looked more comfortable. He looked fresh. Um, Zakai got to move in and out some. We got to see a lot of BJ Edwards tonight. I was happy to see that. BJ deserves a shot. He's been playing really, really well and, and deserves more time. You know, so clearly, clearly the coaching staff is getting a lot more comfortable with with this rotation when Josiah is in there. He's he's a calming force and they they seem to to really play to whatever he brings to the court. Um, so it was great to see him back. It was great to see him um, doing doing some good things on both ends of the floor. Um, so Zach said Zakai Ziegler did great. Josiah doesn't have the game he has without Zakai. Yeah, I agree. Um, Zakai definitely played really, really well tonight. Um, Braden agrees with that as well. Um, Zakai played very, very well tonight. You, you can't ever take that away from him. Anytime you get a double-double, especially a point assist double-double, that is, that is an incredible feat. And for Zakai to have done it now five times in his first two years is is just amazing. There are nights when Zakai is absolutely one of the best, one of the top two point guards in the SEC. There's other nights he's not so much, um, but he and Nick Smith are are definitely the class of the SEC. There's some other good point guards, but when Zakai is on his game, he and Nick Smith at Arkansas are, are easily the two best. Um, speaking of Arkansas, we have our home finale Tuesday night, Arkansas coming in a very different Arkansas team. Now, um, I, I would not want to play Arkansas in the sec tournament or in March, because now that Nick Smith is back, that's a very different team. That's a very dangerous team. Tuesday night is going to be a slug fest. Um, we don't match up well with them, uh, in certain areas, they don't match up well with us. So it's going to be interesting to see, who can dictate tempo in that game? Who can who can cause the other team to to play out of their norm? Um, the first team that folds and starts playing out of character is probably the team that's going to lose. Um, it's nice that we're getting them at home. I would not want to go to Arkansas right now. Uh, that team that team's playing really well. They should have beaten Alabama today. Uh, they had every opportunity to put Alabama away and just couldn't do it. So, you know, that, that is a, that is a very good Arkansas team. And hopefully we, we come and show up and play well. Um, Zach just asked, is, is Evans on a boat? And that's, yes, he is. Evan is on a cruise. Um, so he is not able to be with us. I joined from a Starbucks in Huntsville the other night, but apparently there's no internet on the, uh, for, for live streaming on the, on the cruise liner. All right, let's talk about play of the game. So my play of the game, because I think he had an incredibly um, underrated night. With nine minutes left, they ran a pin down play for Jemai Meshack, and Shaq buried the three from the wing. It looked fluid. It, it looked good coming out of his hand. He used the screen exactly right. Um, it looked like a big time offensive player. And then a little bit later, he built some confidence off of that and he hit another three later. 
Jemai Meshack had a very underrated night. He was an offensive threat, finished with 14. Um, he was slashing to the basket. He he got Santi open a couple of times for some wide open looks with his slashing. He um, he finished at the basket several times. He, again, he hit two spot up threes, one off just a gorgeous screen from Urosh. That was the Jemai Meshack that we want to see night in and night out. And and you know when you think about his progression from last year to this year, Jemai Meshack has made some massive strides. And I'm really excited to see him next year. Another offseason working on his game, building his shot, building his ability to, to hit that mid-range jumper off the dribble. Jemai Meshack's going to be a problem next year. He, he's got all the potential in the world. And, and I think we're going to see him really take a huge step forward. I would love to see him continue playing the way he is over the next several weeks and, and be a major factor in March. Because he brings an element to the game that we don't have otherwise. You know, he he has the ability to attack the rim and go make everybody else better. He has the ability to attack the rim and finish. And so it'll be interesting to see um, what what the, what goes or what happens with with Jemai over the next few weeks. Every game, he seems to be getting more and more confident on offense. And if we have a double-figure scoring Jemai Meshack on a fairly regular basis, um, we we are going we are going to to be a force that 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 makes everybody around him better. Um, so for Zach's play, of the game was the the dunk by Adu. Um, I'm assuming that's the one later in the game. You could have picked any number of about 20 alley-oops. Um, Zakai, Zakai did a fantastic job getting in the lane tonight and opening up oops for Jonas, Tobe, Olivier. It felt like every time you were turning around, uh, Zakai was in the middle of the lane throwing an oop to somebody else. Um, so kind of kind of impressive, um, you know, that we had so many plays to pick from. All right. Um so let's transition just a little bit um, to baseball. Yesterday, the Vols beat um, Yeah, Eating My Crow with Hot Sauce just said, this was a hard game to pick player and play the game. That's true, it was. Um, you know, it there was, there was a lot of options. Everybody played well for the most part. Um, there were a lot of big plays. There wasn't really a momentum swinging play because we pretty much dominated in every facet of the game from start to finish. Um, Braden just gave the idea of the deep three from from Josiah off the assist from Ziggy um, toward the end of the game. Um, I'm assuming that was the one in the corner. Uh, that was a great penetrating kick by Zakai. Um, Josiah was wide open and stepped into it in rhythm and, and buried that thing. Um, so... Great night all the way around for the Vols. Eating my crow with hot sauce just gave Josiah for player of the game, but also gave an honorable mention to Meshack and Z and Ziggy. Um, you could have you could have picked a lot of different guys tonight. I mean, my goodness, Urosh went out and got ten. Um, you know, he didn't play a ton of minutes. He played more than normal, but when he was in there, he was a force. Um, you know, so who knows? Maybe this team now that Josiah's back will get back to old form and peak at the right time and uh, i'm not holding my breath because they've been the most inconsistent team in america um but maybe maybe josiah was what we needed to turn the corner 
I saw a stat this week that was just incredible um, because really Tennessee, I kept thinking Tennessee was incredibly inconsistent. We're now seeing it's actually maybe the entire SEC. Um, there are 33 Division I basketball conferences. The SEC is currently number 32 in average three-point percentage. So think about that. As well as Alabama shoots the ball, the rest of the conference is so incredibly inconsistent that they are the second-to-last three-point shooting percentage conference in America out of 33. Okay, that's really bad. But it speaks to what happens night in and night out in the SEC. You just don't know how people are going to do. I mean, who would have thought Kentucky would just obliterate Auburn today by 32? You know, how in the world did that happen? Um, you know, bizarre things. Vanderbilt beating Florida by 16 today. You know, it's it's just an unbelievably inconsistent conference. Texas A&M getting upset by Mississippi State. It's 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 kind of wild to watch how just on any given day this conference can be upside down. Um, Braden just said he wished Julian would have played tonight. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious to find out what in the world's going on with Julian. They they don't really you know put a whole lot out there. Um, you know they said that Tyreek um, Tyreek didn't play tonight because his ankle swelled up right before the game started. They're not real sure why, um, but they said it ballooned up really badly on him. Um, you know, so apparently at some point he got injured, was playing on it, didn't realize it. Um, so they he was a last minute scratch, but it didn't matter tonight. So again, let's transition to baseball. Um, a lot to talk about there. Yesterday, yesterday the um, the baseballs. Started their three-game series with Dayton. Uh, Zach just said baseball's killing it. Maybe clear something up for me. Why did Tony Vitello get suspended? Well, that's the million-dollar question. There's a lot of speculation, but there seems to be a common story that is floating around that has come from multiple sources. Um, and so it looks like that's probably a truthful story. Um, the NCAA is investigating Tony Vitello for tampering with Maui Ahuna. Um, it started with his official visit. He came on his visit before, um, and they booked his hotel room and did all his travel expenses and all that stuff before they received his transcript, which technically is illegal. Um, so in the process of finding that out, um, they, they then started looking at how communications happen between Tennessee and Maui Ahuna. And apparently they are taking their sweet time deliberating on what those communications looked like. Um, I think that some one detail that is really important here is who the new head baseball coach at Kansas is. Now, remember we said the other night, Maui Ahuna wouldn't even be at Tennessee if Kansas's head coach had not retired. So when his, when the head coach at Kansas retired, um, Maui started looking around, Kansas hired an assistant coach from LSU. That coach came in, immediately tried to retain Maui, probably found out that Maui was already out the door and decided to call the NCAA and accuse Tennessee of tampering. 
it is what it is. Um, I think this will probably get thrown out. I think that Tony went ahead and took this self-imposed three-game suspension, knowing that they wouldn't need him against Dayton and hoping that this would be enough that the NCAA would go, okay, that's about the punishment we would have given. He's cleared. And by Tuesday, Maui Ahuna will be cleared. Uh, I'm sure that is what they're hoping. Um, I'm sure that is what pretty much all went down. Um, you know, Tennessee has handled this the right way. It's a ridiculous level three violation. Honestly, it's on Kansas for not sending his transcript in time. It's partially on Tennessee. Like they should have canceled the visit when they realized that his uh, transcript had not come in yet. Um, but what a ridiculous rule to be watching out for that, you know, because paperwork didn't get processed in a timely fashion. The kid has to change his entire um, visit. And oh, by the way, that happened almost nine months ago. And the NCAA has yet to make a ruling on it. Um, just just mind blowing. We talked about this the other night. How a multi-million, some maybe even billion dollar organization can't hire a couple extra people to get all of their eligibility stuff done is just incredible to me. Um, so irregardless, uh, Tony V was not, was not needed today. He was not needed yesterday and he won't be needed tomorrow. Um, yesterday the Vols beat Dayton 12 to two today. They beat them four to one. Um, when you talk pitching staff, and we have said this over and over, the Tennessee pitching staff is incredible. Yesterday and today, Tennessee's pitching staff, out of 54 possible outs, recorded 35 strikeouts. Just incredible. Dominant in every way. Tennessee is um, going to have a lot of success when their pitching staff is throwing the ball like that. Um, that, that, is, that is what winning seasons are made of. Um, Braden just said Chase Dolander is so good. Super excited to see him more this year. Yeah, Doe Doe had a little bit of a rocky start yesterday, but then he settled in, and once he settled in, he was almost unhittable. Uh, he had twelve strikeouts and five and two thirds innings. AJ Russell came in after him and was absolutely dominant, almost untouchable. Um, it was interesting to see that his name hasn't been one they've mentioned a whole lot, and that guy was was bringing it. Um, today, Chase Burns, very dominant outing, almost unhittable for six and a third innings. And then Seth Halverson, the guy that we all kind of wondered, how does he fit in? Because he was in Missouri's rotation. And when he got here, he immediately got injured and missed the year after having uh, surgery. So nobody was really sure where he fit in because when he transferred, everybody thought he was going to be a starter. And then we had the emergence of Chase Burns and Drew Beam. And everybody kind of went, well, where does Halverson fit into that? Well, it looks like Halverson's going to come in and in, in relief. And tonight he was impressive. He was dealing. Um, came in and just absolutely slammed the door. They they were baffled by him. Um, Chase Burns started it. Halverson finished it. Both were dominant. Uh, when you've got guys you can bring out of the pen like a Seth Halverson, it's going to be a long year for everybody else. Zach just said the NCAA is soft. They just don't want Tennessee to win, but guess what? We're winning regardless. Um, 
looks that way. We're we're definitely loaded. Um, Tony Vitello has done a great job building a building depth. Um, even our freshmen, the guys that we weren't sure were going to be quite ready, they're already starting to step in and make some plays. Um, by the end of the year, this team's going to be really, really good. Um, Eating my crow with hot sauce said, many people hate UT's success, so dot your I's and cross your T's. This is true. Um, Tennessee should have should have made sure that everything was, was above board all the way through the process. Um, this is somewhat on the compliance office. They, they should have known that the transcript wasn't in yet. And, um, and so, you know, they should have killed the, the visit. The fact that it's taken this long though, to, to get an answer is, is just ridiculous. And, and this thing needs to be done. Um, Rusty said school's trying to nuke the situation from orbit so they can move on. Vitello might be out a few more. It's possible. Um, you know, they, if they deem that there was legitimately some tampering here, they, they may self-impose a few more just to keep the NCAA appeased. You know, don't forget, um, this whole thing with Jeremy Pruitt was, was fairly recent. And anytime you have a team get major violations like Jeremy Pruitt had in football, it's not just a football issue. It's an athletic department issue. And so if another team slips up, they're going to be held accountable to, to the things that have already been punished, um, such as Jeremy Pruitt. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's the reality of right now. Um, you know, hopefully they get this resolved soon. Again, the worst part about this is they're still punishing Maui Ahuna and Maui Ahuna did nothing wrong. He came on a visit. That was it. He didn't know his transcript wasn't in. Um, you know, he didn't, he didn't know his coach retired. This wouldn't even be a conversation if his coach had stayed. He would not have left Kansas. He would not have been looking. And everybody in America wanted him. So I would bet Tony Vitello wasn't the only one that they could probably accuse of tampering. Tony's just the one that won. And so, you know, this, this thing needs to get done. They're punishing a kid for something he had absolutely nothing to do with. Um, Braden just said, Chase Burns is someone I'm excited to see. Chase Burns looked great tonight. Chase Burns was bringing it. His slider was sharp. Um, they were not even like they had no clue where his ball was going. They, they, he had them off balance all night, looked great, struck out 12 and six and a third, um, was just dealing. Zach said, he's a kid, let him play. Um, yeah, Maui, Maui should be on the field. This has gone on long enough. Um, the NCAA needs to stop punishing a kid for something that he had absolutely nothing to do with. Punish the adult by all means. Um, you know, punish the athletic department, pun punish the compliance office, punish whoever, but stop punishing the kid. Um, it's, it's just, it's ludicrous. So, um, tomorrow Tennessee closes out the series with Dayton looking to get the sweep. They play at one o'clock tomorrow. Drew beam takes, takes the hill. How, how difficult is it as an opposing team? when you're sitting there going, all right, we've got to show up tomorrow so we can avoid this sweep. We've got to make something happen. But looking in the other dugout and knowing, oh, we've got Drew Beam tomorrow. Drew Beam would be the Friday starter on almost every single college or university in America. And he's our Sunday starter. Um, it's it's incredible. Um, you know, it 
and it's got to just be incredibly demoralizing to to be the opponent and feel like okay we got past dolander oh here comes chase burns okay we got past dolander and burns oh lord here comes drew bean it just goes on and on and on and what's crazy is so far the vols have only used three pitchers out of the bullpen in the first two games aj russell uh, the combs kid and then tonight seth halverson so they've got almost their entire bullpen available for the game tomorrow so if for some reason drew bean isn't on early they can make a quick switch and and be totally fine to throw any number of guys for the rest of the game and still be dominant um it's it's pretty incredible to watch Eden Crow said they might have a new streak in them um yep it's early um if we're talking about the baseballs here uh I I I said the other night I don't think they have a game they can lose until March 14th um, I would not be surprised at all if when we get to March 14th, they're 13 and two, um, you know, because they are just light years better than everybody on their schedule. Braden said, I'd love for us to win the world series this year, especially after the Maui thing. It, it would be pretty sweet for Maui to finally get eligible, step on the field and come out with a little bit of anger about him and, and take it out on every opponent for the next three months um, that would be a huge lift. We, we badly need that guy. We're good. We're, we, we've, we're swinging the bat. Well, we can score runs, but you put Maui Ahuna in that lineup. And all of a sudden that lineup is lethal. Um, we will be scoring 10 to 12 runs every night. And, and so, you know, getting him back will, will be, will be impressive. Um, Zach said Drew's been unstoppable this year. Drew's been unstoppable since he showed up in Rocky Top. Um, Drew Beam has been uh, an, an unbelievable lift to this program. That I, I, I think they knew he was going to be good. I don't think they thought he would be this good this early. Uh, he, he has been just unbelievable. Zach asked who they play March 14th. That's Lipscomb. Um, and, and before anybody says, oh, it's just Lipscomb. No, Lipscomb is really good. Uh, Lipscomb has been beating really, really good teams, top 25 teams. Uh, Lipscomb's got a squad, and that that will be a game. Um, all right, let's shift gears. Uh, Rusty had a quick comment here, back to basketball. In basketball, we need to root for Kentucky and Bama to win out, win out against all the seven and eight loss SEC teams in case we drop one of the final games. Very true statement. Um, you know, Arkansas right now looks like our most difficult remaining game. Um, Rusty also said Alabama has Auburn left and Kentucky has Vanderbilt. Two games that they both should win. Um, although Vandy, who knows what you're going to get from them on a nightly basis. At one night, they're awful. The next night, they're world beaters. Um, so Tuesday, we have Arkansas. I... I think home court advantage should be the difference there. Um, even if we don't play like we did tonight, which nobody should expect us to play like we did tonight. Uh, that has not been our MO. We have not been that consistent. I highly doubt we'll come out and do this again. Um, but if we can play well and we take care of the ball, um, you know, we, we can, I, I think we can beat Arkansas Tuesday night. After watching Auburn today, that team is spiraling. 
it, it is it is interesting to see what's going on with them. Um, you know, I I honestly don't know what to expect. The jungle is always a difficult place to go. Uh, you know, next Saturday going to Auburn, it's always a tough place to play. But Auburn, for whatever reason, just can't seem to figure out what they're doing. And and at times they look just terrible. You know, losing th- by 32 to Kentucky today, and they looked awful. So you just never really know what you're going to get with them. Um, it, as I said, playing at our, at Auburn, you never know. Um, that's a tough place to play. It's a hard place to shoot. The students are right on top of you. Um, you know, so that that could that could end up being a, a problem. But as weird as it sounds, we could finish two and zero, or we could very easily finish zero and two. Um, I, I don't think we will. I, you know, last week I picked that we would finish two and two right now. We're one and one. Um, I think we'll probably go one and one in those two games. If you ask me which one we're going to win, no idea. Uh, cause again, th- this is the most inconsistent team I've ever, I've ever witnessed. Who knows what you're going to see on a nightly basis. Um, Rusty said, Missouri has LSU and Ole Miss left, so that looks like 2-0. and Yeah, most definitely. Um, if Missouri loses either one of those games, they deserve to drop a line in the NCAA tournament. Um, Zach said, I want to beat Bruce Pearl. Zach, I think we all want to beat Bruce Pearl. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a, a common theme among all Vol fans and anyone who is a fan of Tennessee basketball. Um, and this year, more than any, we need to beat Bruce Pearl. We need to win these two games. We need just to lock up that double buy, um, you know, to to help us to help us get to where we need to get to in the seating. All right, let's shift to the softballs. Karen Weekly squad has been incredible. Uh, they are on an absolute tear. They're down at the South Florida Invitational. Coming into the weekend, they were number nine in the country. When the new polls come out, I think they'll probably be top five. Uh, they they have been playing lights out. They started the South Florida Invitational by run-ruling Michigan State 13 to nothing. Then they beat the host team, South Florida, six or 9-0. And then today, and today was the biggest day of all. Today, they played number five Clemson. They got into a pitching duel. They figured out a way to score a run in the sixth inning. And number nine, Tennessee, upset number five, Clemson, 1-0. I think that probably will be be what propels them into the top, uh, top five. Later, later today, this evening, they played Illinois, Chicago. They run rolled them 12 to nothing. They get them again tomorrow. Karen Weekly's team now sits 10 and one. Uh, They are playing as well as anybody in the country. They get the midweek off. They're not playing again till next weekend. So they've got Illinois, Chicago again tomorrow. And then they've got five days off. And next weekend, they host the Tennessee Classic. Today, in game two, when they run-ruled Illinois-Chicago, that was Karen Weekly's 1,000th win. Not 100, not 500, 1,000 wins. It doesn't matter what sport you're coaching. 1,000 wins in any sport is an unbelievable achievement. Huge congratulations to, to Coach Karen Weekly. 
kudos to you for running a exemplary program for years and years and years, being consistent in how you recruit, being consistent in how your, how your girls play. It is a, it's a fun brand of softball to watch. They get after it. They play really hard. They have great pitching and coach Karen weekly gets her 1000th win tonight. Huge, huge kudos to her. Apparently, we can't get away from basketball. Uh, Rusty said, if we get a fourth seed, we probably draw Vandy or Mizzou on the Friday game. It's possible. Um, you know, I, I think either of those is going to be a coin toss. Again, it's the SEC tournament, though. You never know what's going to happen. Um, we tend to play really well in the SEC tournament for some reason. Who, who knows why? There's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, you know, but both of those teams will definitely be a challenge. Um, Zach was commenting on Tennessee beating Clemson today, said the true orange wins again. Um, you know, Vanderbilt beating Florida night tonight was a big deal. Um, Rusty said that's probably our worst conference loss of the year, probably referring to Vanderbilt. They play like bums against everyone else. Again, it's the inconsistency. We, we sometimes play to the level of our opponent. Um, but sometimes we don't, you know, tonight we hung, hung 40 on South Carolina, definitely did not play to the level of our opponent played, played way above them and played really, really well. And, um, I mean, there's not a whole lot there you can complain about, um, you know, for whatever reason, we can't seem to put it together on a consistent basis, but. Maybe tonight was the first step in that process. Maybe tonight we we figured out how to start putting it together. And, um, you know, with Josiah back, we'll, we'll make a little bit more of a push. Um, some interesting scores that are currently happening with five minutes left. Indiana is beating Purdue by nine. Um, again, there will be at least nine of 21 teams in the top 25 lose today. Seven already have. There are two more games that are both top 25 matchups, so at least two more are going to lose. Um, so at least nine of, of the of 21 of the top 25 are going to lose today, um, which, again, bodes well for Tennessee. Um, you know, Tennessee just barely lost to A&M on the road and won big today. I don't think the pollsters will drop them for that road loss at A&M. If anything, they might actually move up to number 10. I think Tennessee is squarely on a three line right now. If they can win the SEC tournament, they can probably jump up to a two line. Um, you know, it's it's um, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, so, Zach, my apologies, I misread that. Zach said Florida lost in softball today. Um, so yes, that's two top five teams that have lost today, and one of them lost to us. So I would fully expect a ten and one. Lady Vols, when the new poll comes out, will be in the top five. Um, Rusty just said lots of upsets this week. I tell you what, lots of upsets this year. This has been one of the craziest years for college basketball I have ever seen. Um, I'm a basketball junkie. I, I follow it closely. I've never seen anything like this. Um, good luck in March. If, if you, if you think you're really good at filling out a bracket, this is going to be a humbling year. Um, because those brackets are going to just be an absolute coin toss on any given night. Anybody can beat anybody. And, and there's some really good mid majors that are going to create a lot of havoc in, in March madness. 
I, I would not be surprised at all if, um, you know, a, th- a 12 or a 13 seed makes it to the elite eight or maybe even the final four. Um, there, there are some really, really good veteran, um, mid majors that can play with anybody. And, and again, it's all about your draw. It's all about who you play, how you match up with them. And if some mid major gets the right draw and gets to face the right opponents, um, it is, it's very probable that one of them will at least make the sweet 16, maybe longer. Um, so it's going to be a fun year to watch the Mark, the March madness tournament. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of close games. I don't think any game, even the one sixteen matchups, I'm not sure those are actually going to be blowouts. Uh, you know, one of them may, may compete Two fifteen, We could see another Kentucky St. Peter's type game this year. Um, you know, there's, there's some mid majors that can play. Uh, tomorrow, Samford University plays Furman University for the regular season title in the Southern Conference. Both of those teams are very good. Um, unfortunately, because there's so many good mid-majors around the country, I think whichever one of those teams wins the SOCON Conference will get in the tournament. I'm not sure the other one will. The reality is both of them deserve to be in, in March Madness. Those are two very good teams. And either of those teams could beat a lot of power fives all over the country. Um, another one's Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic is um, is is very good, um, very athletic, great guard play. They can make a lot of noise. If you haven't watched St. Mary's this year, St. Mary's is playing Gonzaga on the late night game tonight. Um, I don't think they've tipped off yet. Nope. They play at 10 o'clock, so in about 20 minutes. Uh, St. Mary's could be a complete bracket buster St. Mary's can shoot the eyes out of it and it doesn't matter which five are on the floor they can all shoot um St. Mary's is is a fun team to watch they run constant motion five out offense um and everybody can shoot the ball uh St. Mary's is a team you do not want to see in your bracket in March if if you're a if you're a good team because they will pick you apart they've already beaten Gonzaga once this year I would not be surprised at all if they beat them again tonight um, very, very good team. All right. Um, well, I think that wraps up everything we were going to discuss tonight. Again, great day to be a vol. Uh, we had a huge Tennessee basketball win, 85, 45. We had, um, you know, Tennessee baseball getting a win over Dayton four to one. And, um, we had Tennessee softball getting two big wins, including Karen weekly's 1000th win. Um, it's been a great day to be a vol. Thank you all for joining us. I'm sorry. I couldn't do a joining link so that you could join live. Um, that's above my pay grade next time when Evan's back, we'll try to get that on a uh, couple of, couple of just housekeeping things. Um, even though Tennessee plays Tuesday, we're not going to go live again until Wednesday because we want to try to encompass uh, Tennessee's baseball games Tuesday and Wednesday with Charleston Southern. So our next live show will be Wednesday night. Um, and if you haven't watched our interview with Cole Kublik, I would highly encourage you to do it. it. It is a fascinating interview. It's all about when Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC, how that's going to change the scheduling. Uh, Cole has some fantastic points about the scheduling I would highly encourage you to watch it and um, we would love it if you would like and subscribe um, to our channel on YouTube and feel free to share that Cole Kublik video. 
Cole, Cole was very gracious to, to join us and we want to make sure that he gets all of the uh, credit that he can get for being on this, you know, guys who do sec and es or sec network and espn don't have to join local podcasts um but he's a really good guy and he did it out of the goodness of his heart and so um, we would love for you all to share the that video um so that more people can see it um but i hope that you all have a great evening and a great rest of the weekend and Again, we will be back live on Wednesday night. Have a good evening.